From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now here's your host, Matt Andrews. Greetings and welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine here on the Ohio News Network. We're into December. We're nearing the holiday season. But that also means that the high school football season has come to an end. And who better to talk about it than our man, Mr. High School Football here in the area, he knows everything about it. I, I, I don't want to steal somebody else's nickname, but Ryan <laughs> Baker, you are as well-versed on what goes on from July through the year, and I'm sure more so in your other traits, in other events as well. But the high school football scene is your scene, and you were up there for the state championships. What can you tell us about your love for it? Well, you know, this started all about uh, 13 years ago professionally for me, but uh, I remember as a little kid, I went to Gross City High School, and back in the 90s, Gross City was a power in the state of Ohio, not winning state championships, but they were, uh, you know, a very good team, had some great players. I vividly remember going to uh, Gross City games, and the stands were always packed, uh, seeing guys like Lou Willard and Lee Strzok. Lou Willard went on to Ohio State. Lee Strzok played at Toledo. Uh, Derek Combs. Derek Combs. Obviously, he was two years ahead of me in school. Um, but I just remember, like, going to those games in that atmosphere, and you can't help but fall in love with it then. And then... As I've gotten older, I've been privileged and lucky enough to be able to cover high school football and some good high school football teams in the Columbus area. And then the past eight or nine years, uh, been able to work with Tim Street at the OHSA and the OHSA radio network and get to go uh, not only be at the state championship games in multiple different sports, but get paid to be there and work them. It's just uh, I'm I'm blessed to be able to do it. What about the passion of the fans there and all the small communities or bigger communities and how you see that? And it's seven games over three days. There's been some tweaking in when they play these games. But what about the fandom in this? Well, it's really cool, Matt, when you get to see uh, like the Division Five game this year, a Perry and a Liberty Center, two teams that don't usually get there, how excited they are for that. And then also this year, you had the Division Two game that kicked it all off Thursday night between Maslin and Akron Hoban, the fourth biggest crowd ever for a Division Two state championship game. Obviously, both of those are pretty close to right. Canton. Roughly how many? Do you remember? It was almost 15,000 wow. there for that. The Hall of Fame was pretty much full, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. But to see the passion from the Maslin fans, they finally win a state title on the field. They had never won one in the playoff era. This is one of the most storied programs in the history of Ohio high school football. I'm pretty sure Maslin closed down for the rest of the weekend after that. I would that. never have guessed that. I, I guess that's in the playoff format era, correct? You mentioned yes. that. Since the, 1972. That's, that's a team, when you say high school football in the state, People across the country know about Maslin football, right? Yeah, Paul Brown sure, Tiger Stadium sure. is what they're, the field they play on. And they give the babies in Maslin, the baby boys, right. a football in their bassinet <laughs> at the hospital. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But it was pretty cool to see them win that first state title. What about the venue? You mentioned these games are at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, and that's a new contract just negotiated with an option. I'll let you talk about that. But, but what about... These youngsters, these 15, 16, 17, 8-year-olds being able 
to go experience that event in that stadium. Well, Matt, you know they were, before they went back up to Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, they were down in Columbus at the Shoe. Too big. and yeah, Exactly. Like, I'm pretty sure that's awesome for those kids to walk out on the Shoe and play on that field. But the atmosphere just isn't there. Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, to me, is the perfect place to have the state football championships, and they want them up there. You mentioned they just redid a contract with the OHSA, uh, keep the games there through 2026. There's an option for the uh, following two years. It's such a cool atmosphere. You've got the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You could take your team there and tour it, and what they're doing at Hall of Fame Village is pretty amazing. There's shops and restaurants now. They're in the process of building a hotel and a water park. There was a Ferris wheel this past weekend. They're really trying to make it a place that you can go and be there for the whole weekend. I've been telling people since October when I got to go up there for a site check, man, I don't yeah. care if you are worried about the games at all. Just go up there for the weekend for the whole experience. Did you get stuck on the Ferris wheel? I did not. I didn't have time to go over there. <laughs> on seven seven games in two days in one night, that's a lot to do. So It's because you were working, and let's get to that. You, you do a great job at helping out with the Ohio High School Athletic Association radio broadcasts of all these games, and you work with some really esteemed colleagues, statewide fellows that we know, and... What's that like, and is it a blur? I mean, how do you keep everything straight? I'll tell you what, it is kind of a blur at some times when you're doing so much. Uh, I do a lot of producing. I was on the sidelines for the D7 game this year, uh, hosted a couple half times. There is a, a lot going on, and it's a lot of work. You're tired at the end of the day, but, man, it's so fun. Ryan Baker is our guest from our flagship here in Columbus. He covered the high school state championships up there at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. We'll have more in a moment when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Bobby Carpenter once sold workout equipment on QVC Canada. There's no joke here. That actually happened. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekday starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine, talking about the high school state football championships that occurred last week. There was one game up there on Thursday night. Division two game, Ryan mentioned it in the first segment. Incredible attendance as Maslin won his first ever state championship in the playoff era, beating Archbishop Hoban out of Akron 7-2. to two. So that sounds like quite a defensive tussle. It was a defensive struggle. I think a lot of people were surprised that it was such a defensive struggle with both of those teams. But uh, it was just a chess match all, match all night between uh, two pretty good coaches, Nate Moore of Maslin and uh, Mr. Tim Tyrell of Akron Hoban, uh, just back and forth. And Maslin had a 7-2 to lead late, and they were on inside their own 30. It was like a fourth and three. They went for a fake punt instead of punting the ball away in such a defensive mm. game. And you thought, oh, my gosh, Maslin just gave away the state championship. But their defense, like it had been all night, was strong and held Akron Hoban off the board, and they get the win. Did you get the feeling, Ryan, offense was ever going to rule or be able to take control of this game either way? 
you kind of felt like something had to happen because right. it was these two teams. Like, eventually, something had to break free. And like I said, when they went for that fake punt and didn't get it, everybody was like, uh-oh, here we go. Maslin's going to give it away. Uh, but, yeah, those defenses were just so strong. The Hoban defense, too. Eli Lee's one of their linebackers. He's an Ohio State commit. He's just a junior, so he'll have another year at Hoban, but then he'll be down here playing in the Scarlet and Gray, hopefully. For those Buckeyes that are, are tuned in, were there a number of Ohio State commits or verbals you saw in this game, these games this weekend? Yeah, there were six total in the games, uh, five of them for next season. Uh, we mentioned Eli Lee. He was the lone junior uh, for Cleveland St. Edwards. You had the Armstrong brothers on the offensive line, Devontae and Deontay. Uh, for Cleveland Glenville, you had Demarion Witten and Bryce West, who unfortunately didn't play uh, because of a shoulder injury. He missed the last three weeks of the season. And then Springfield, who Lakewood St. Ed's played, Aaron Scott, he's a a cornerback coming to Ohio State. Division 6 championship game, a name we hear every year. I say seemingly, but it really is the case. Kirtland wins its 7th state championship as they went on to a 32-15 to win over Versailles. What sticks out from that one, Ryan? Well, you talk about Kirtland being there a lot. So is Versailles. Kirtland's yeah. seventh state championship got them in a group with Versailles that has seven state titles. Versailles, of course, from that Midwestern Athletic Conference, the MAC out there in Western Ohio that has so many uh, state championships in its conference mantle. Uh, but Kirtland and what Tiger Laverty does is just so impressive. We also saw a Division Six state record in this game. Will Beers for Kirtland. Uh, returning a kickoff 90 yards for a score the previous record in division six and bid 88 yards but kirtland they're just so methodical in what they do and we'll talk about this with another team later but they're just like a factory i call i call teams like that the honda plant because they just keep producing quality and consistency and uh that is what tiger laverty has rolling in kirtland their 12th state title game they played in this year in the last 13 years that's the other thing I was going to ask you about. All seven of their championships have come since 2011. What has changed, or is it simply the coaching regime? But what what's made that happen? I think you got to go back to coaching here. Yeah. I mentioned Tiger Laverde a couple times. He has the best winning percentage in the state of Ohio history in Ohio and OHSAA. I believe it's like 92 percent. Uh, Tiger Laverde's winning percentages and I think that's what it goes to and a lot of this I think a lot of these teams that are here and we see them so much it's because their coaching is so good let's move on to the Friday afternoon game Toledo Central Catholic won the division three state championship with a 27-7 win over the Watterson Eagles I know this is weird to say but this game was closer than 27 to 7 Watterson had two big special teams mistakes they fumbled a punt and then they had a punt snap that was botched, and both of those ended up in their own end zone. And that was really the difference in the game. If you looked on the field, there was no way Watterson should have been in this game. The Toledo Central Catholic team, they have numbers. They are massive. Their offensive line, I think the smallest guy on the TCC offensive line was 270 pounds. The biggest guy on the Watterson defensive line is 200 pounds. But Watterson stuck in this game. And, you know, it's weird talking about a team that lost. But Dominic Purcell, the middle linebacker for the Watterson defense, he and Damarian Witten were the talk of the weekend. Dominic Purcell had 21 tackles 
in this game. A state, all division, state championship record. There's a reason this kid was a finalist for Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. People were buzzing about him. He's 6'1", 190 pounds. He's going to go play football at the Naval Academy. But man, is he a football player. But TCC, again, Greg Dempsey, he does a great job. They were just, uh, they they capitalized on the mistakes and did what championship football teams do. The big school division, Lakewood St. Ed's, wins its third straight championship in the third consecutive meeting, beating Springfield 31-21. And again, Tom Lombardo, the coach, what a great job he does. Uh, We mentioned that offensive line, the two Armstrong brothers coming to Ohio State. The other tackle, Ben Roebuck, he's going to Michigan. That offensive line for St. Ed's is massive and in the end, that was kind of the difference in the game. Springfield, what a story for them though. They were 5-5 five and five at the end of the regular season. A 12 seed in Region 2 in Division 1. They wouldn't have been in the playoffs before the expansion since COVID has happened. Uh, they played a murderous schedule to start the season. They kind of righted the ship. They got hot and they ran through the playoffs third time in a row. These two teams have played for the Division One state championship, and unfortunately for Springfield, third time in a row, they come up short. The St. Ed's team. Uh, their, their offensive line, as long as I can remember, has been massive. Two, in 2010, I remember a stat. The Cleveland Browns offensive line averaged 315 pounds. The Ohio State offensive line averaged 305, and the St. Ed's offensive line averaged 295, and it's just been that way for the past decade. We'll have more when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Hey folks, it's game day and the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right, you got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop. Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our one affiliate, WBNS-TV in Columbus, has more. Haley Kirby, reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson, in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. From the Ohio News Network. Getting a live Christmas tree to plant after the holidays? Well, here are some tips. In the house, keep it away from heat sources that could wake it up out of dormancy. You don't want that. Dig your hole now before the ground freezes. Or if you plan to wait till spring, you need to protect roots from extreme cold with mulch or straw. And move it from the warm house to an unheated area like a garage temporarily to make the transition outside more gentle. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Ohio chapter of the International Society of Arboriculture at treesforohio.org. That's trees, the number four, ohio.org. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. Do you have foot pain? Foot pain is not normal regardless of your age or job. 
Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet and can provide important foot care solutions or shoe inserts to better manage foot pain. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. We've been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. Call 614-470-2000. That's 614-470-2000. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Our Ryan Baker joins us to talk about the games on Saturday. Final three state championship games last weekend at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. The Division 7 game, another one of those powerhouses, Ryan Marion Local wins its 14th state championship in that first game Saturday. 14th state championship since the year 2000. Wow. I mean, they're another one. Like Kirtland, this is their 12th state title game in the last 13 years. Tim Goodwin has a factory out there at Marion Local. But that's because they're a Division 7 team with 70 kids on the roster. Almost all the boys in the school are on the football team. Uh, they're impressive to watch. Again, another one of those teams, so consistent. They don't do anything flashy, but they just do everything well. Dalton. That was their first ever state championship game. They hung in there early, but eventually it was just too much uh, for them to handle. I think Marion Local could probably give St. Ed's a game. Honestly, they're so good. It'd be fun to watch. I probably wouldn't be perceived as being the right thing to do, but that would be fun to watch. Division 5 Saturday afternoon. Top-ranked Perry beat Liberty Center to win the Pirates' first state title in school history. You know, like I said, because of Bob Guestwich being in Columbus for those few years at Dublin, Jerome, I kind of uh, watched the Perry Pirates all year. And if you heard around the state, most people probably thought Perry was the best team in the state in Division 5, and it proved to be true. And they switched things up. Their quarterback is a junior, Walter Moses. I believe he was either first or second team this week in the uh, Division 5 All-State. They switched. They put a senior, Braylon Richards, who's usually a wide receiver, they put him back there to run the Wildcat quarterback offense, and Liberty Center wasn't ready for it all. What a move by Coach Guesswich to make that switch like that and really kickstart the offense, and Perry gets that first state title. Saturday night, the final game of the group was a 38-3 to Glenville win. Coach Ted Ginn Jr. was able to get a title winning over Archbishop Alder out of Kettering. Their second straight uh, state championship, and it's pretty cool this year. You had back-to-back with Glenville, and then you had three in a row for Marion Local and St. Ed's, and then TCC, this was their second back-to-back state title in two different divisions. They went Division Two last year, Division Three this year, uh, but this Glenville team, I mentioned Dominic Purcell, Demarion Witten, the Ohio State commit, was the other talk of the weekend. Nobody could cover that kid. I mean, he was just 
unguardable. It's going to be interesting to see if Coach Hartline lets them move him to the tight end position because he may want this guy on the outside running routes. Uh, but just an impressive performance from Glenville. Brian, that was a quick run through him, but we'll end with this. You can throw darts and, and hammer the OHSAA all you care to as fans. You have that right. But Tim Street and his staff at Ohio High School do a wonderful job of this event and, and all year helping promote high school football in the state. You know what's funny? I hear the OHSAA take a lot of criticism. What I don't hear is anybody with a better idea. Yep. What I don't hear is anybody stepping up to help them out and give them new ideas or thoughts or whatever. So uh, until somebody comes up with a better solution, I mean, I'm biased. I've worked with the OHSA radio network for a long time, but I love what they do. Uh, nobody gives high school sports. No other no other high school athletic association in the country gives high school sports the coverage that OHSAA does. Nobody else is playing at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No, I know nobody no. else has the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. But, uh, yeah, until somebody steps up with a better idea, you know, I just tune that out. Thanks for all you do, all your help, all year. We'll revisit it again next summer. I can't wait. I'm already looking forward to it. It's Ryan Baker. We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. It's Monday Night Football on the Fan. Catch the Packers as they head to the place where offense dies to battle the Giants. Live coverage starts Monday at 8. Sponsored by Roosters. A fun casual joint. Your radio home of the NFL. The Fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's check in on Cleveland. Eric Reeser joins us from the Ohio News Network. Talking to Chris Manning. He's the host of the Locked On Cavaliers and Just Basketball podcasts. You can read his works on the Cavs at fearthesword.com. Chris, we're a little past the quarter point of the regular season, and the Cavs float just a few games above 500. Following a 110-101 win over the Pistons, Max Strew said the team's play, especially on offense, is average. Do you agree with his assessment? Yeah, without question. This team is at best average. I think there's been times they've been below average. There's been times they've played up to a higher standard. But I think certainly more often than not, we have seen this team really struggle. We have seen this team, I think, really have some difficulties as far as staying consistent. And, I mean, I, I'd have to look and check. But like when I last looked at their net rating the other day, it was exactly 0.0, which means they were equal on offense and defense per run of possessions for the whole year, which that's exactly average. And it just hasn't fully come together. It hasn't been the, the highs that I think you might have hoped for or expected. So I, I agree with Max Struess. He's dead accurate. Chris, if that's the case, how much blame or is it unfair to put this on J.B. Bickerstaff? I saw a headline the other day asking the question, is J.B. Bickerstaff on the hot seat? What are your thoughts on the job he's done and his job status come season's end if they remain just average? I think he's under pressure, unquestionably. I think JB is like a solid, if unspectacular coach, is the way I would I would kind of put it. I think if you look at things like three point rate of certain players that historically take a lot of threes, they have dipped under him this year. That feels like a JB thing to me. I think the offense hasn't exactly evolved, even with Maxter's adding stuff to the playbook. It hasn't fully blossomed in a way. But I also think this roster has some limitations. I also think he deserves more credit than just about anyone in the organization, whether that's a player or a front office person, for stabilizing the team during and after the John Balan situation. So I think he deserves and is you know, has a contract extension. So I 
I, I think he's done like a solid job. I think if on spectacular, I think he's by all accounts like a really good guy, and that that matters to me for and to some degree. But if there's going to be a fall guy here, he's ultimately, unfortunately, the guy that probably amounts to you, right? He's a guy who, if you wanted to say, hey, we can change some things and somewhat just adjust things, like he's he's the, it's easier to move him and go hire somebody else than it would be to trade all your players. Like, it just it would work that way that I think he would, unfortunately, be the fall guy in this. Wine and Gold have a gauntlet coming up in the month of December as we're just a couple of days into the final month of 2023. Chris, who, aside from Donovan Mitchell, obviously, needs to step up to make sure that this isn't a long December for the Cavs and its fan base? Darius Garland is my answer here, and it's it's an easy answer. This is someone who has thrown the ball over at a much higher clip than you would like. This is someone who has not been as sharp in any way as you'd want him to be. This is I thought this could have been an all-star caliber year for Garland, and he's just not playing at that level. He's been underwhelming. He has acknowledged as much. Um, the injuries being in out of the lineup a little bit I don't think has helped him, but he's the one. He, to me, is in some ways just more important than, than Mitchell. I don't think he's the better player right now, but I think that his ball handling, his decision-making, that's what makes this team hum. That's what makes that team solid and helps them navigate sometimes things not working as well. So when Darius isn't quite playing at his best, I think the, the Cavs feel it more than they would with some other guys. Chris, do you think this team did enough in the offseason to improve on the roster to make it a legitimate Eastern Conference contender? Or do you think that they need to do more and are already looking to add pieces at the trade deadline? I think that they still probably need some more. I think you look at this team and you look at what is worked with this team, what hasn't worked with this team. And you consider the, there's maybe like a solid enough eight-man rotation, but some guys that things that they haven't fully figured out, that there are clear upgrades needed, that guys like Dean Wade and whatnot are kind of underwhelming, that there's just a lot of work to be done as far as this roster, I think, being fully rounded out. I think there there's could be need. I don't know exactly what that move is. The salary considerations are tricky. You know, the optics of, like, using Ricky Rubio's contract are, frankly, ugly and considering what he is, you know, said he's going through and whatnot. So this isn't, like, an easy, clear thing to figure out. I think it's complicated. I think it's hard. But I think they would be doing themselves a disservice not to look at some kind of trade to explore what is going on here and try to find some upgrades. I, I think this, this it demands it. I think this is you're in a league and then you're in a spot in the organization now where you have to keep trying to move forward. And if there's a trade you can make that you think makes you better, I think you owe it to yourself to do it, even if it's not going to be, there's not an obvious one staring you right in the face right now. Strictly from a basketball standpoint, Chris, or I guess a contract standpoint, as it relates to a basketball player not being available for his team, understanding Ricky Rubio going through the mental health issues that he is, what can this team do with that contract or what are their options here with him? So I, JB recently has spoken about how he has only talked to him over text. I think it's unclear what the options are. I, you know, you could look to trade him. I think again, the optics of that and trading someone who is away from the team for more than valid reasons, I think is not a good look. I think that has to be factored into this. Um, I think just on a human level, trading someone that that would not sit well with me. If I was a, a hardcore fan and looking at this and. I saw that my team traded someone who was dealing with something like that, and you pass the buck off of being his support to somebody else. I don't think that's a good look. That said, like you maybe have to consider it. You know, it's it's not fun, um, but I he's one of the only kind of tradable salaries you really have. It's not a massive number, but it's something. 
So it's a tricky place. I think like it's it's not unfathomable for me that they do that, but they, the way it would look would be tricky. I think what the guys in the locker room would, how they would respond to that would be a really fascinating question to me um, because he's been he's beloved, I think, in the locker room and, and respected by everyone in there. So it, it's tricky. I think the, the best thing you could do is, is maybe just hope he can come back at some point, but even then I don't know what you're going to get from him exactly basketball-wise. Um, but I think even if he's just around the team to be a leader, to be a, a mentor in some way, if he's up for that and, and ready to come back in some way, you know, by the end of the year, I, I think that could be really beneficial to the team. So I still, this team to me sometimes still feels like it is missing some leadership and Rubio absolutely could be a guy that can help with the leadership vacuum that I think exists here. Locked on Cavaliers, just basketball. Get those podcasts wherever it is you do your podcasting. Uh, read his stuff on the Cavaliers at fearthesword.com. Chris Manning is my guest. Chris, thank you so much for the time today, bud. Hey, anytime. Coming up next, we'll have our Locked on Bengals segment with James Rapine right here on the Ohio News Network. Join us for Gambling Things, Fantasy Sports, Gambling Things, and most importantly, Gambling Things. Hollywood Casinos on the Money, Sunday morning at 9. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. The fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to this week's Locked on Bengals segment with James Rapine, who covers the Bengals and does it very well, ladies and gentlemen. Check out his work. James, thanks for your time. Let's start with this. I'm not sure many Bengals fans had them winning this past weekend down in Jacksonville on Monday night, and it was some sort of victory. Really just kind of keep the season moving and alive. Give me your top two or three takeaways from Jake Browning's performance. Wow. Yeah, it, it certainly starts with Jake Browning and the, the moment Joe Burrow got injured and you found out he was out for the season, it's okay. Does this team, do, do they still have the ceiling of going on the road and winning a primetime game like that? And I think that's why there weren't many people picking them to win. I thought it would be a closer game or a close game, but I, I didn't expect Jake Browning to essentially win a duel with Trevor Lawrence. And, and he did I, complete 32 of 37 passes and, and you play the way he did turnover free football that's that's exactly what you needed from joe burrow in a spot like that so for browning to give out uh to give that type of performance it's huge and just a few things that stand out obviously the accuracy the ability to push the ball outside the numbers to jamar chase he had multiple nice throws obviously the 76 yarder stands out but other throws as well outside the numbers to get the ball in chase's hands and then his poise in the pocket something that he didn't do well against the Steelers was that internal clock, knowing when he had to get rid of the ball because of the pressure that was going to be around him. He, he was more on time on Monday night, and that's a big reason why the Bengals, as you said, kept their season alive, and the, their playoff hopes are, are very much alive following the win. Following the 34-31 win, James, let me ask you, uh, as, as big of a positive to be able to run the ball as the Bengals did considering what Browning did and being able to compliment him in the running game? Oh, it's huge, 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 huge. And that's something that I think a lot of us were expecting to see against Pittsburgh. It obviously didn't work out that way. You you give them eight more days. And I I think they figured out what works for, for Jake Browning more. And they also figured out how to use two backs for the first time this season and getting Chase Brown involved was a huge factor in getting this ground game going. He had a 31-yard run, which is the longest 
run from scrimmage this season for the Bengals. Also had a 15-yard run. And what those explosive runs do is it makes it really tough for defenses to double Jamar Chase and just sit back and prevent the big play. And later in the game, what happened? A big play to Jamar Chase deep downfield when there was single coverage. So they go hand in hand. And I also think that Chase Brown, having him, uh, in his ability to, to make plays with the ball in his hands, he averaged 6.8 yards per carry on nine attempts, is it kept Joe Mixon fresh. And so when you got down to the goal line and you needed Joe Mixon to run with power, run with energy and, and break some tackles, he was able to do that and punch in two touchdowns. And I thought he played well. He was explosive in the passing game, uh, in, in the screen game. So I, I think that this one-two combo of Joe Mixon and Chase Brown, we're going to see that a lot moving forward. And it's huge uh, to help Jake Browning and help this offense. A few more minutes with James Rapine of Locked On Bengals. James, you were there covering the game. Let me ask you about... I guess what you took from the locker room post game and Joe Burrow being there, being engaged, being on a headset, that was a lot of the talk watching the game and, and following social media, whereas a Deshaun Watson or somebody else may not have been as hands-on. Do you feel like that had an impact on this win? I think so. I, I do. I, I think anytime you have Joe Burrow around, it's Joe Burrow. There, there's a reason that the moment he got injured, everyone reacted the way he did because he has a, a gravity to him. And so just having him around matters. Now, it doesn't mean that he's calling plays or X's and O's or anything like that, but I just think having him in the building, having him on road trips, it, it's, it's important. And so I, I totally think there's value in that. I think it does help Jake. I think it helps everyone from the coaches on down and, and just having – that presence on the sideline. It's, it's important, and it shows the type of leader he is. Was there a sense of a feeling when that kick went in in overtime that there was a little bit of that money Mac from the Super Bowl run year still instilled in this confidence of this team maybe here down the stretch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have a ton of confidence in Evan. Evan's, Evan is such a great kicker, and, you know, he, he missed that 57-yarder by – I don't know, a foot, uh, six inches, whatever it was, that it would have bounced the other way. But to respond and make the 54-yarder with 231 left to give them the lead, and then the 48-yarder, I'm not sure about you, I didn't really have any doubts about him making that at at that distance and in that moment. And it's rare to have a a kicker like that. So, no, I I think there's belief in him. And there's something that about – it's one thing to say, oh, well, we think we can be productive on offense, and I'm quoting them. We think we can be productive on offense with Jake Browning at quarterback. It's another to see it, and I think that's how important Monday was because they saw it. They won a shootout. It's not like the defense was dominant. They won a shootout on offense. They were really productive on offense, and uh, the pieces around Jake Browning stepped up as well. So I, I think this is a really, really big win for their confidence moving forward. James, we'll leave you with this. It's a short week, a short turnaround as we record this during the week. You're still in Jacksonville, yeah. heading back soon. But the Bengals welcome in the Colts Sunday at 1. Any thoughts on that one early? Yeah, I think it's a it's a winnable game. You're going up against a very capable backup quarterback, speaking of backups, and Gardner Minshew. And they have some weapons there. No Jonathan Taylor this week. He's out after undergoing thumb surgery. But you, you want to keep that, that ground attack for the Colts in check. 
They have some explosive weapons, whether it's Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Alec Pierce is certainly someone that Cincinnati fans know from his days as a Bearcat. So it's it's going to be a tough test, but if they can get Browning to look the same, I'm not saying he's going to throw for 350 every week. He might not do that, but look the same from a, a composer standpoint, get this ground game going, get Jamar Chase targets. They, they, uh, they need to feed Jamar Chase. Good things happen when he has the ball. Then they'll be in a good spot. It's certainly a winnable game. And I think they have a, a good shot here uh, to win over the next couple of weeks and, and put themselves in a good position. You're the best, James. Thanks for your time. Of course. Thanks for having me. James Rapine with Locked on Bengals. More of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is, fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for seventy two thousand, would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614 614-470-2000. 614-470-2000. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. From the Ohio News Network. And now, Public Education Matters with Ohio Education Association President Scott DeMauro. As educators, we are called to this profession by a singular purpose, an unwavering commitment to our students' learning, well-being, and potential. That means using our united voice to stand up for the fully funded supports and resources our students need to succeed. Stand with us. Help us continue to create the great public schools every child deserves. Public Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Hey folks, it's game day and the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right, you got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop. Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org. Horizon Business Fiber has set the standard for reliable connectivity. When your business network can't afford slow, lagging speeds, strained bandwidth and outages, then you need Horizon Fiber. As your superior local provider, we offer dedicated internet, ethernet, cloud-based hosted voice, SD-WAN, and more. Why haven't you made the switch to a better fiber broadband provider? Visit horizonconnects.com forward slash radio. That's horizonconnects.com forward slash radio. The Fan. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. 
Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. It's the ultimate Cleveland sports show, and let's check in with our producer, Colin Berenger. Thanks, Matt. This week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the guys talk about injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the Browns. As Denzel Ward has missed the past couple of games, and Miles Garrett has been hurt in the most recent games. And the guys discuss the impact of those two being out of the lineup, and if the defense has been good with them not on the field. Denzel Ward has missed the last two games for the Browns. The defense has taken a step back without him. I know I, for one, and hand up my bad, I underestimated how important Denzel Ward was to this defense. I knew he was a great player, but I thought they'd be okay and be able to sustain a level of defense that was above where they'd been, and, and I was wrong. And I apologize, Denzel, I underestimated you. Yeah. There was pro- a lot of propaganda being spread that Emerson was as good as Denzel Ward. That is not true. Yeah, me and Earl take the L. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. I still love Emerson. But I think I think you guys had did you guys have Emerson ahead of Ward when we did that countdown in the beginning of the year? Man, no, but it was way closer it. than it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> so, to go, so over, right? <laughs> Emerson's a good player. Uh, no, nothing. Well, yeah, but, and by the way, let's not forget that there was a stretch last year where Denzel Ward looked like Denzel Smith. Right, like, I didn't recognize. But that was him. the only time in his career when he was healthy that he wasn't playing. And well. I don't know what what we pin that on. Do we yeah. pin that on Joe Woods? I had heard that there I, I personal don't, things there off was the some field. Stuff I, going on I had I had theorized yeah. early. I said the only thing I can explain is yeah. he's going through something big in his personal right. life. Now his injuries because, have always been the issue, a bugaboo for yeah, him. You know, yeah. but, but uh, when he's been healthy outside of last year, he's been great, and he's playing this year. He's played his best football. I think he went from having his worst year. Having his best year, they need him desperately. Yeah, he's got to come back. I, I'm and, like, I'm like Mike, man. I owe Denzel Ward uh, an apology. You know, I kind of underestimated his level of importance to this football team. Yeah, and for whatever reason, I kind of underestimated exactly how good he truly is when he is healthy. I think when Denzel Ward is healthy, he's easily a top five cornerback in the entire NFL. You can clearly see exactly how important to his team that he is. I was one of the people who felt like, you know what? It's so much talent on this side of the ball. It's, it's so much talent in the DB room that if either one of these dudes had to miss time for any reason, that we had guys that can step up and it would still be business as usual. I think we've seen that, you know, Greg Newsom is more of a slot corner than an outside corner. And now even though my man MJ is great, that, you know, he's still got another year or two before he becomes, quote unquote, that dude. So the sooner we can get Denzel Ward back, the better, just like the sooner if they can stop blowing them leaves, yeah. the better. <laughs> I mean, our man Herbie, who's our operations guy here at WKYC, has decided that the best time to blow leaves right outside our studio door is right now. Uh, I actually don't think you could hear it on the broadcast, shockingly. Oh, no? It's not Herbie. It's somebody else. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. Herbie. He's got a hood and a coat on, so I thought it was Herbie. Yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, if course. you hear anything, we apologize. That is out yeah, of our yeah. control. Yeah. Uh, it's not really coming through. I mean, Denzel, in all honesty, it's not okay. Good. Through. Well, then Listen, our viewers can't Denzel hear. Ward and the Browns have talent on defense, but they only have two special players, and that's Miles and Denzel. Ward. Absolutely. And that so the other guy, this the Browns have more good players than they've had on defense in forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably since the eighties. But you know what? But a lot they of don't have. Players, they only have two special players. Well, a lot of those players that we thought were, I thought the interior line, uh, the interior of the defensive line was 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 top notch. Talked about this on the show yesterday. Yeah. They've been the invisible men lately. Without like, Garrett, 
they not mean, been as good, and they were already not playing as well. Right. I mean, I go back yeah. three games. They just really and, we haven't been hearing their names. So, yeah. just a question for both of you: Are they good players or complimentary players? Because if they're not playing good without Miles being healthy, they're complimentary clearly. Then they're clearly if they can't carry players. the load without yeah. Miles Garrett, they're complimentary. they're complimentary. To catch the full breakdown, just search the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube. Subscribe to their page and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue on the Ohio News Network. The Buckeye Show. The tweet is Marvin Harrison Jr. and Travion Henderson have allegedly been offered NIL deals that rival first round draft pick money. Would love to know what that source is. The Buckeye Show. Sponsored by CareSource. Weeknights at 6 on the fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. That's going to put a wrap on this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Our thanks again to my guest, Ryan Baker, as well as our Locked On contributions for this week. Now for Paul Keels and Eric Reeser and producer Colin Barringer, I'm Matt Andrews, a new show for you next week here on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM 